0: This is Brain Diet, episode number 142, three steps to lose weight and not gain it back. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, Three Steps to Lose Weight, and in all caps, not gain it back. Because generally, that is typically the goal that I see. For those that are looking to lose weight, they typically don't want to gain it back. So that's what we are talking about today. And I wanted to discuss this today because as I take my clients through my program, I have been reflecting on what the essence of it is. The process that I take people through when it comes to weight loss, what is the essence to it? And that's honestly kind of what I'm sharing in this episode today is the essence of the program that I take people through that people pay me to take them through, that they are able to see the results where they can lose the weight, not gain it back, and have a completely dramatic internal transformation as well as an external transformation. I say this with a caveat. This really is, I use the word essence because it really is just the essence because you can listen to a podcast, you can consume information, and it's valuable, it's important. But actually getting coached, actually getting into your own mind and applying the principles is what will 10 times your results. For example, if you listened to, I think it was episode 129 when I had uh, Zach Kadatz from Australia, who goes by Daily CrossFit Tip on Instagram. He was on the podcast. He's amazing. He shares tips every day that are applicable in a gym setting, things to remember for technique and form and all sorts of different kinds of movements. They're so valuable. And I watch them every single day because it's so fun to watch him demonstrate these things. But watching it is very different from actually attempting and applying what it is he's teaching. Because for one, he makes it look so much easier. And I watch that. and I'm like, Oh, I could totally do that. It's amazing. And then I try myself, I get into it. And it's so much more difficult. And I realize I have so much work to do. And I can see very clearly what I'm doing differently than what he's doing. And that gives me the momentum to know what to change. And the truth is, I will never get stronger. I will never get better at whatever I'm trying to do until I actually go dig into whatever it is I want to work on. So, as much as I love watching his videos, they're amazing, I got to do the work. And the same goes for all of us. We can consume information and it's helpful and valuable, but until we apply it, until we get into it for ourselves, we will not see the same amount of results. It's the same as well. This year, we are going to take the kids skiing for the first time. Five-year-old, three-year-old, we're going to do it. We're going to see how it goes. I have very low expectations, but I'm excited just to be on the mountain a little bit. And as much as I talk to people about strategies, get information on how to go about it, it's valuable. It's important to do that. But until I get onto that mountain with my kids. I'm not really going to know how to do it. I'm not going to learn and become a better teacher or figure out how to be the parent that I want to be on the ski slopes. You get what I'm saying? Consuming information versus applying it in real life is very different. So thus as I share with you today the essence of my program. I'm so excited to share it with you and I I think there's so much valuable information in what I am sharing, but If you are ready to get the results on the deepest, highest level, then that's where it's worth hiring a coach. So let's get into it. It's just three steps to lose weight and not gain it all back. If I could boil it all down to these three things, these are the three that it all comes down to. Now, these are in order of how they should be executed. So pay attention to this as I relay the order of things. Step number one to lose weight and not gain it back is to find a reason for doing it that's coming from love. It might be tempting to skip this reason, but I will get into why we cannot skip this reason. The first reason that we can't skip it for that matter is if you have a reason that isn't Genuinely loving and in your best interest, then when you reach the finish line, whatever that might be for you, we tend to self sabotage in such a way that causes weight to come back on that we have lost. If we are coming from a hateful place or a place of dislike or dissatisfaction, if it is too negative for us, then we spend the whole journey in that negativity. And by the time we get to the finish line, that finish line doesn't solve for that negativity. And because that negativity is still there in our minds, we tend to self-sabotage. We tend to not want to deal with that negativity. And because it's not solved, we don't know how to solve for it, even though we've reached the finish line. And thus we eat. We do what we did before that worked, which was to kind of self-soothe through food in those moments when we just don't want to feel all that negativity. So the way that we have to figure this out is to start by asking yourself why you want to do it and giving yourself an honest answer. Because maybe you are starting from a negative place. Maybe there's a lot of dislike that you have of yourself or something along those lines. But we need to know our starting point. If we have a GPS and we're trying to get to a destination, we need to know the location that we're starting at. And I think what can happen is We can ask ourselves well why do we want to lose weight and we cloud our answer in nice sounding ideas like we don't really want to spend too much time here because we just want the results so that we can feel better and so we're like oh it's because it's because i just think it'll be so great and we we cloud it without looking at the root reason that we want to lose weight but in order to know what needs to be cleaned up we have to be honest with ourselves and we don't need to judge ourselves if we are coming from a place of dislike or hatred or something negative There's nothing to judge about that. It's just an important piece of information for us to know. So ask yourself why you want to do it and be honest. Reasons that I have seen that can lead to weight regain is things along the lines of, I want to be more confident. I will love myself more if I lose this weight. I will be happier than I am now. So notice with reasons like this, They are conditional upon a physical um, appearance, conditional upon how you look physically. When we do this, we put ourselves into a situation where we have conditional self-acceptance, meaning I'm only good enough, I'm only worthy of confidence and love if I look a certain way. But how you think creates how you feel, not how your body looks, So if your body looks a certain way and you don't feel confident, if your body looks a certain way and you don't feel loving of yourself, it has nothing to do with the way your body looks and everything to do with the way that you are thinking about the way your body looks. Because your body is just a piece of information. It's just data. It's just made up of parts. It's not good or bad. It's just parts. And parts don't make someone feel confident. We feel confident based on how we're thinking. And so what can happen is when we have these conditional self-acceptance pieces, we will use willpower to just drive ourselves to that finish line. We get there and we don't necessarily, we might feel a little bit more confident because we've changed our thinking, but then it's conditional because if the scale changes even one pound, then we remove permission from ourselves to feel the way we want to feel. And that's a tight rope to walk. <laughs> to have your opinion of yourself be dependent on how you look. So what can happen is because it is such a tightrope to walk where we have this conditional self-acceptance and because we get there and we still have our brain with us that still wants to offer these opinions that we haven't deconstructed, then a lack of confidence will still emerge and a lack of love might still be there. Our brain goes with us wherever we go. And so because of that, when we go through a weight loss journey with a negative reason or a reason that is creating negativity within us, once we get there and everything isn't rainbows and daisies, again, we can tend to self-sabotage. We can work against ourselves because we feel so poorly towards ourselves. We have such negative opinions about ourselves that we don't want to be alone with our own brain. And so that's why we tend to turn to food to just numb that away. And that can cause the weight to come right back on. Another reason that can come up is the idea that if I lose the weight, everyone else will like me better, or I will be more acceptable, or I will be more desirable. It has something to do with other people's opinions of you. Like the reason I want to lose the weight is For the sake of how someone else feels about me. And what I want to offer you is that how other people feel about you is based on their thoughts and their preferences, just as how you feel about you is based on your thoughts and your preferences. It's not based on your weight. It's not based on how you look. Someone's opinion about you is solely based on their brain and the thoughts that they are thinking. That's why you can have your body and the way it looks. And someone might really like it and someone might really not like it. But that has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them and the way that they think about the world. And frankly, if someone's opinion of you is solely based on your appearance, they might not be someone that you would want in your life. I would personally not want anyone in my life whose sole opinion was based only on the way that I looked. I want people in my life that love me for all parts of me. So something to think about. If your reason has to do with other people, it's worth, one, developing your own relationship with yourself, your own opinion of yourself, to one that you value a little bit more than others. It's okay to care what people think, but we want to also care what we think and value that and work on that because that's what we have control over. So what happens is when we have reasons along these lines, whether it's conditional self-acceptance or allowing other people to feel a certain way about us, we can often just muscle our way through a weight loss journey and we can arrive. And things, like I mentioned, aren't perfect. They aren't rainbows and daisies. It's not better there than here, but we assume that it will be. And so then when we get there and it's not better there, it's just kind of a different version of life, people will go back to old habits because they're still the same person. They just tried to force different habits. And so that's why finding a reason that is coming from love is often a little bit of an identity shift. Becoming someone that restricts food and pays attention to it in the name of hating themselves is very different from someone that pays attention to food in the name of love and in the name of, hey, I've got your back. I'm taking care of you. I'm looking out for you. I have your best interest at heart. Reasons that come from love do not have conditions There's no conditional self-acceptance in weight loss when you are coming from love. It is constant encouragement, kindness, love, compassion, and having your best interest in mind. Feeling well, feeling strong, having a good quality of life, longevity, and so on. Things that are in your best interest. Someone that's pursuing weight from a loving reason won't have things to run away from at the finish line. If you have loved yourself through an entire weight loss journey, then at the finish line, no matter what you face, you will still have that loving relationship. And it won't cause you to self-sabotage or do things to work against yourself. So like I mentioned, it can be easy to want to skip this step because it sounds simple and not as important just find a reason that's coming from love and i think that especially in like the self-help industry we hear stuff like that and it's just like well yeah whatever what does that even mean but the truth is it's one of the most important pieces it is step 1 and step 2 and step 3 aren't going to lead you to where you want to go unless step 1 is in place now you can do it simultaneously and that's what i do a lot of the time with my clients in my program is we work on coming from love as we are doing all of the other things and making sure that it's all coming together and working in harmony. And if you're tempted to skip this step, it might be because you're coming from a not loving reason. If you're like, "Oh yeah, 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 but let me just let me just lose the weight really quick and then I'll work on loving myself." If we're in a rush like that, it is generally coming from conditional self-acceptance. It's generally coming from a place of yeah, but it's going to be better than there than here. So let's just get there really quick and then I can do all of like the work (laughs) underneath. And so if if you are feeling like you want to skip the step of finding a reason that's coming from love, then slow down a little bit and go back to being honest with yourself because being honest just helps us understand where you're coming from and what might get in the way that can help us down the road to work through it. So that is step number one is find a reason that's coming from love a reason that is loving for you and your body and your health in general. Step number two is getting into an appropriate nutritional program. Now, this is typically where people spend most of the time is they don't find a reason coming from love in step one, and they don't follow through with step three, which I'll get into in just a minute. But they're like, okay, well, let's just go on the diet because we just want to get results fast. The truth is, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, You may or may not have heard me say that any diet that leads to weight loss is one that puts you into a caloric deficit. It's not that one diet is superior to another in that it will make you lose more weight. The amount of weight that you lose is just in direct correlation to the amount of calories you're eating relative to your body. So when I say getting into an appropriate nutritional program, That is where we have to define your goals and then adjust the caloric intake accordingly. So what are your goals? Is it weight loss? Is it fat loss? Whatever it might be, you will need appropriate nutritional programming in order to execute that and to achieve that goal because there's the science of weight loss and your body burns so many calories in a day. And so in order to lose weight or to lose fat, then you have to have calories or macros in certain amounts in order to achieve that and any diet that creates weight loss is just doing that in different different versions of that different versions of calorie deficits is what all diets are so when it comes to getting an appropriate nutritional program that's going to mean is that's going to mean having an approach that's sustainable it's creating an approach that you could do forever and not an approach that you're going to just do for a little bit of time and then just go back to how you were eating before I think that there might be times where we can implement those drastic measures, but very few people encounter them. Very few people have instances where those types of approaches are necessary. And it's usually very precise, like elite athletes that are doing things that are just like, okay, we just got to be really precise and do something a little bit intense. And then we can go back to how we were doing things before. Most people will have more success doing something that's sustainable. Now, in terms of How to Decide Your Level of Nutritional Precision, I would recommend listening to episode 137. That is the title, How to Decide Your Level of Nutritional Precision, because it talks about how to determine that level of sustainability and how to decide how precise you need to be. And so it's the same approach, just with the volume turned up or down based on your life circumstances and goals. So when it comes to your diet and losing weight, we need to have the numbers in place. And this is where a coach is really valuable because they are able to work with you to figure out what those numbers are and get you into the sweet spot that will put you in the direction that you want to go. So that's step two. And really, that's a relatively easy step. It's one of the easier ones, but it's the, ones that pe- it's the one that people tend to spend the most time in, which is just so fascinating. But that's why I do what I do. I do things very differently than most coaches out there. And my approach is very unique. And that's what I love about my program. That's why I love my business. But that is step two, getting into an appropriate nutritional program. Step number three and the final step to losing weight and not gaining it back is to reprogram your brain as it relates to urges. So, okay. Step number one, you have a loving reason. You've done some of the work. You're getting there. You're redeveloping your relationship with yourself. You're coming from your own best interest, right? We have that in place. Step number two, you have the appropriate programming. You have your goals clarified. You have the right nutritional approach that's sustainable. You have those first two pieces in place. And guess what? You still won't follow through sometimes. (laughs) There will be moments where you will eat off plan. There will be times where you just don't follow through, even though step one and two is rock solid even. There might be times where it just doesn't happen. So here's why this is step 3 to reprogram your brain as it relates to urges is we have the mindset piece in place, we have the physical piece in place. In your mind, your brain is programmed and accustomed to a system as it relates to food. Meaning there's a stimulus and then a reward you have neural pathways of when I do, when my brain does this, it gets rewarded. And that is therefore good on the simplest level. So what that could look like is you have cookies in front of you and you have the thought, oh, I want that. And that gives you kind of an urge to eat. You have that like urgent desire. You're like, ooh, yeah, that sounds really good. That looks really good. So then you eat the cookie and then you get the reward. You get a little bit of a dopamine hit. And maybe that's a little bit of a, take you away from what you're currently feeling right and so your brain learns oh when i see this cookie this food and i offer up the thought oh i want that it gets rewarded this neural pathway i get dopamine through this and because our brain on the most primal level its job is to keep us alive dopamine is good to it at least it deems it so so it's like if we can get dopamine then this must be good for our survival and so we develop these pathways of stimulus and reward and when they continue to get rewarded the brain keeps offering them because it believes it is really useful for us and we do the same thing not just with food we can do this with anything really but we do this a lot with technology with our phones where we're sitting in a doctor's office and we have a thought i'm just gonna check i'm just gonna look at my phone let's just let's just look real quick you have the urge to look at your phone so you grab it and then again you get a little bit of a reward a dopamine hit you kind of get to numb away from something that's uncomfortable like boredom sitting in a doctor's office or a dentist office or whatever and this pathway establishes like oh when i offer up the thought this is what the brain is saying when i offer up the thought let's just check it gets rewarded i get a little bit of a dopamine hit from looking at the phone i get to kind of numb away from other things i don't want to feel so what happens is these neural pathways are simply well established that when they think certain thoughts that the urge that comes from that is rewarded and that is efficient to the brain. And the brain is all about keeping things on autopilot. It likes to keep things running smoothly. It doesn't like to have to think about things too much. It wants to have as much on autopilot as possible so that it can be aware for other potential threats. So when this happens, when we have these well established neural pathways as it relates to food, then again, we can have a loving reason we can have our best interest at heart. We can even have, here's the program. Here's what we need to eat. Here is what is going to get us the results that we want. This is where we still have these neural pathways that are going to be like, hey, so I know we have these other two things, but I also know that when I offer up this this thought, like, hey, I want that, then I get a little bit of, of a dopamine hit. And so then when we don't honor that, we are left with an urge unsatisfied. We are left with that momentum of that neural pathway that's been halted, and the brain does not like that. So this is why this is step number three, is it's important to learn to sit with those urges and not reward them, even though it feels like you are being halted in a very uncomfortable way. The brain's not going to like it, and the brain is going to throw a little bit of a fit, but this is what's so beautiful about all of this, is you still get to be in charge. It's uncomfortable. But that part of your brain that is so well established with those neural pathways, it's not the highest functioning part of your brain. That part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex has the ability to more or less comfort that lower part of your brain and be like, hey, you know what? It's okay. I know we have this urge to eat it. And I know I'm not rewarding it. And I know that it's a little bit uncomfortable. But we're going to be okay. I can do this. I can, I can feel this. This isn't going to be a life-threatening situation here for me. And this is why this is step number three is because learning to rewire those pathways, what that does is you might start out having reason one and two well-established and then you have these urges and they're going to be strong because up until now, they've been rewarded. Those neural pathways are established and on autopilot. And when we initially stop rewarding them, the discomfort is most noticeable. But the more we have those urges to eat, the more we have those urges to check our phone, and we don't, then the brain's like, well, okay, is this neural pathway still useful? Is this still like going to get the reward? Because if this doesn't get the reward, then I might not offer it as much. Now, this isn't to say that urges go away entirely, but the strength of them and the frequency of them Goes down drastically the more you allow them. Each day, the more urges you allow, the more, well, the less prominent they will be in your life because those neural pathways aren't getting rewarded. They aren't getting strengthened. But this does require sitting in discomfort. Decreasing your desire for something requires initially allowing and breathing through some of that discomfort. And this is the difference between willpower and just allowing an urge is when you aren't coming from a loving reason and you're like, I just got to muscle my way to a certain number on the scale and you just like hustle through, then you're withholding the food and you're not addressing the underlying desire for it, thereby compounding the desire. So then by the time you get to the finish line, it's like you have all of this desire that's just been pent up and then you just like open up the floodgates and that's what causes you to gain the weight back is because it's like we've been resisting all of these urges to eat, rather than allowing them and just letting them pass through our bodies and sitting with them and not trying to distract ourselves with other things. This is the difference. This is why, one of the reasons why people can tend to gain the weight back is an inability to feel what they're feeling. Using willpower to just get to a finish line and then having to be with themselves. And because they don't like it, because they don't want to feel what they're feeling, they reach for food and this is a gross generalization, but this can be what happens to us, is if we aren't willing to feel those urges, if we aren't willing to actually reprogram our brain to decrease our desire for certain foods, then we are left with a huge amount of desire that isn't managed. Now, we're always meant to desire food. It's helpful. If we didn't desire it, we would die. It's very useful. But when we have this massive amount of it that causes us to self-sabotage, that's where we have the opportunity to do this. I think brain reprogramming even sounds a little bit scientific and intellectual, but it's simply a matter of just sitting with your feelings and not rewarding the urges. Like, oh, I have an urge to eat something. I have an urge. I use the example of checking your phone. It has nothing to do with weight, but it's all the same thing is we just get rewards. We have an urge and we reward it. And so we do this with food. So it's important to pay attention to that and to allow those urges in order to Rewire your brain to relate differently to food, to not desire it so much. Because the less that you desire it, then the less of a problem it becomes. Because then you're not at your lowest weight, but just thinking about food all the time. Instead, you can get to your goal weight or whatever it might be for you. You can get that intended end result. And you don't have to be thinking about food all the time, at least in a negative way. You don't have to be thinking about all the things you're missing out on or all the foods you wish you could be eating. Because again, that's also a miserable way to live. (laughs) So by the end of the process of implementing these three steps, you are able to find yourself in a great mental state full of confidence and love or the skills to obtain confidence and love. You're fueling your body in a way that's kind and nourishing and attentive. And you're experiencing a lot less of emotional turmoil that you would normally have to just keep at bay with food or your phone or other things to get away from from yourself. So you can see why at the end of a process like this, it would be so much more than weight loss. It's feeling well mentally, feeling confident and loving regardless, unconditionally. It's feeling your body in a way that is thoughtful and not extreme, and that has your best interest at heart. And it's decreasing how much you desire those foods that might not be in your best interest. There's a place for those foods in our life, absolutely. But when you desire them a lot less, you can still have them, but in a way that isn't sabotaging, that isn't going to work so drastically against you. So instead, your life becomes more just rolling hills versus the peaks and valleys of like highs and lows and all over the place that can lead us to want to comfort ourselves with food in this way. When you can get to this space, when you can implement these three steps, you're feeling confident, you're fueling your body, and you're experiencing a lot less of that emotional turmoil that feels so drastic and feels so urgent. That's when we keep the weight off. Because we aren't trying to run away from anything. We are able to face our life and face our negative emotion with confidence and not feel like we need a crutch to numb our way through it. So the three steps, finding a loving reason, getting appropriate nutritional programming, and reprogramming your brain as it relates to urges. That is the essence of what it takes to lose weight and not gain it back. It really can be that simple. But in order to achieve that, that's where you have to get into your own mind and do some of that work. But it's something that you can absolutely do. It's totally possible. And I've taken so many people through that with a great deal of success. So keep that in mind. And if that's something that you're ready to do, set up a set your custom macros call with me. I would love to get you started, help you out and get you moving to the point where you can lose the weight and not gain it back and feel better. Isn't that what we want? that's what I want anyway. (laughs) Well, friends, that is all I have for you. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. I'll see you soon.